Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Tonight's subject, principles of faith, but I believe you're going to get some really awesome things tonight. Okay, so why do we need faith? Why faith? You know, uh, I mean, because this is something that we take uh, a lot of time. We, I mean, we are a faith church. Not in name, but in, in deed. You know, people claim to be faith church, but there's no faith. I, I mean, we are a faith church. We preach faith here. It's very important. We preach faith. Why? Why do we preach faith? It's one of the most important subjects in the Bible. Next to love, you know, and, and some of the foundational doctrinal things. Faith is so important. From, the, from cover to cover, the Bible talks about faith, teaches faith. There's so much about faith in the Word of God. So why faith? Why do we have to preach so much on faith? I mean, even if you look in our, you know, statement of faith, you know, in our membership handbook or you got our website or whatever, I mean, we have a whole thing about ever-increasing faith. Why? Because we, it's one of our foundational doctrines, faith, just, like, just as much as the fire of the Holy Ghost, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Faith is a foundational Christian doctrine, okay? Hebrews chapter 6, one and, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. See, I like that. Doctrine of, let us go into perfection. Not laying again the foundation. See, principles, principles. That's why I call the principles of faith. Principle. There are principle doctrines. These are like foundational, like core doctrines of the Christian faith. Right? How are you going to go into perfection? That word perfection means maturity. Okay? How are you going to go into spiritual maturity if you don't even have the principles? Principle doctrines established in your life. Not laying again the foundation, see? If you're going to build something, first you've got to lay a foundation. You're going to build a house, first thing you do. First things first. You have to lay the foundation, right? So we have to lay a foundation. What is the foundation? Number one, repentance from dead works. Number two, faith towards God. Number three, doctrine of baptisms, plural, because there's Baptism of new birth, washing of the new birth. There's baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Ghost. Three baptisms. Baptism into the name of the Father, baptism into the name of the Son, baptism into the name of the Holy Ghost, in a sense. So three baptisms, three in one. Laying on of hands. Look how important that is. Why do you think we, we lay hands on every service? You know, as much laying on of hands is such a foundational doctrine. And people have forsaken the laying on of hands. Resurrection of the dead. Talking about the rapture. Why do you think we, we talk about the end times, pre preparing people? Rapture is the resurrection of the dead. Dead in, dead in Christ shall rise first. Then those who are alive shall be changed in the blink of an eye and will receive their resurrected bodies and they'll be caught up together. That's the resurrection that's coming. And then there's eternal judgment that's coming. Judgment seat of Christ for believers, lake of fire for unbelievers and, and the heathen and the antichrist and the devil. So there's, we have to preach on these things. There's six things there. Right? Six. So we got to lay the foundation of the six so we can go into perfection, which is seven. Seven is the number of perfection. So how can you achieve perfection, maturity, if you don't lay, if you don't teach? So these principal doctrines should, must be taught and preached all the time, nonstop. Never say, well, I heard about faith. No, you haven't. I know faith. No, you don't. Same thing with me. So we are always learning, always growing always maturing, always increasing in revelation and knowledge and faith, ever-increasing faith. Faith increases. The anointing can increase on, in your life. Faith can increase in your life. You know, if you sow into the Spirit, from the Spirit you reap life. That means there's, a, there's an increase that comes when you sow into the Spirit. When you sow the Word, your faith increases. When you sow the anointing, the anointing increases. So it, it operate, everything operates by principle of sowing and reaping. Amen? All right. So why faith? Because it's one of the principal doctrines of Christ. After repentance, it's the second most important one. You know, repentance from dead works, that's the gateway. Nothing else works if there's no repentance. You can lay hands on a heathen. You can baptize a heathen in water. Nothing changes. They have to repent, get saved, right? And then faith, faith towards God, 
not faith in yourself, not faith in government, you know, not faith in Trump as much as we love and pray for him, whatever. But our faith is not in him. It's in faith in God. Because Jesus said, have faith in God. All right, so, so let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. So why faith? Why faith? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God and be satisfactory to him. I'm, I'm sure, I guess that's the Amplified. For whoever would come, or, or, or for, um, for who comes to God must believe he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God rewards faith. You want to be rewarded? You have to have faith. See, this is what a lot of people don't understand. Salvation is a free gift, but rewards are earned. Rewards are earned. Otherwise, God would have said, you know, he's a gifter. He will just gift everyone. No, he doesn't gift everyone. He rewards particular kind of people, those that diligently seek him. Those that don't diligently seek him, they don't get rewarded. So faith is how you get rewards. God's going to reward you for your faith. So why faith? It's very important. You cannot please him and you cannot be rewarded if, you don't, if you're not living a life of faith. Amen. And so it's important to understand diligently seeking. So faith involves diligently seeking God. Faith is not just a set of beliefs that you have. It's a lifestyle of diligently seeking God, and he rewards that. Amen? Amen? Why faith? Why do we need faith? Let's go to Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Faith to faith. See, you go from glory to glory, faith to faith. You can see there's levels of faith. Levels of faith, increasing faith. Right? So your faith needs to go to the next level. For as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So why faith? Because it's our lifestyle. We are to live by faith, and we are to go from faith to faith. Right? So... And the more you live by faith, the more you go from faith to faith. You shouldn't be going from faith to unbelief, doubt, back to faith, back to doubt and unbelief. Two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. You need to be continually moving forward by faith. Faith is going to cause you to continue to move forward, right? That's how you're going to make progress in your Christian life, Christian walk, by faith. From faith to faith. From faith to faith. So you can see it's not, faith is not a one-time thing. Well, I just need faith to get saved. After that, I don't need faith again. No, faith is something every single day. You need to live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. And you can also say if you live by faith, that makes you righteous. That means, you listen, if you're, if you're in full of doubt, unbelief, and fear, that's going to bring you in a place of being unrighteous because that's not going to please God. That's not going to be rewarded. That's going to attract the devil into your life. So you want, you want to give. Faith gives God place in your life. Faith gives God an invitation into your life. Amen. Amen. Say this after me. Faith, faith gives God gives an invitation into my life. Faith is the open door. Hallelujah. Right? Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone hear my voice? Open the door. I'll come in. Faith opens the door for God to come and be involved in your life. Fear brings the devil in. Doubt and unbelief brings the devil in. So who do you want to fellowship with? Who do you want in your life? God. So you have to be by, walk by faith. Go to Hebrews 10, 38. And that's the same thing. Now the just shall live by faith. It's actually repeating uh, Old Testament scripture there. Habakkuk, uh, I believe it's in Habakkuk, and it's also in, in Deuteronomy, a couple of places, you know, the just shall live by faith. Um, okay, the just shall live by faith, my righteous servant shall live by his conviction. Oh, this is long, okay. Respect the man's relationship to God and divine things and holy forever born of faith. And con- okay, all right. Yeah, the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, look at this now, draws back. 
Look at that. Draws back. So that's like taking a step back. Draws back. My soul has no pleasure in him. See? It's impossible to please God without faith. So opposite of faith, right? Faith pleases God. And fear, drawing back, lack of faith, doubt, unbelief is going to cause him to not have any pleasure. It's pretty serious stuff. Let's look at the Amplified because there was something I wanted to point out there. That was really good too in the second half of that verse. It's pretty long, but Hebrews 10.38 um, Amplified. If he draws back and shrinks in fear. See, I like that. That's what it means. If he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. See, it's in Habakkuk chapter 2. So, um, if he draws back and shrinks in fear. So that's what it draws back means, fear. So drawing, fear is going to cause you to draw back. Faith is going to cause you to move forward. Okay? So this drawing back in fear is, is, is terrible. Okay? There's a holy fervor born of faith and con conjoined with it. Like, like literally just like connected conviction. That's what living by faith means. Having that deep conviction fervor okay so say this after me. I will not draw back or shrink in fear I will move forward I will walk by faith because that's my lifestyle I'm called to live by faith amen hallelujah let's go to Mark chapter 11 verse 22 why faith because Jesus said to have faith in God <laughs> very simple have faith in God if Jesus said it we should we better listen Amen. have faith in government no have faith in your ability no have faith in your 401k no have faith in the stock market no have faith in your pastor no have faith in God right so have faith in God. Because Jesus said to have faith in God, we need to have faith. So you can see faith is something you can have or you cannot have. So faith is something that's either present or absent. See? Have faith. So having faith. Faith is something you have. You have faith or you have fear. Right? Faith is something you have. You have faith. Faith is something you have. Faith is a way you, you live and walk. So you live by having faith. So what does it mean to live, in, live by faith? The just shall live by faith. That means the just shall live by having faith in God. The just shall live by having faith in God. Amen? Amen. Now, <clears throat> there's like four of these, but it's all basically say the same thing. Why faith? Because we're justified by faith. So Romans 3, 28. Okay. For we hold that a man is justified, made upright, also means made righteous by faith, independent of and distinctly apart from good deeds, works of the law. Right? So we're not made righteous by the law, but we're made righteous by faith. A man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. All right. So that word justified, say this after me. Justified means just as if I never sinned. Right. So justification means God looks at you and sees you as having been justified, having been cleansed, blameless, guiltless, shameless. I don't understand. No condemnation. That's why the Bible says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So another thing to understand about righteousness, the opposite of righteousness is condemnation. Because what is condemnation? I'm not good enough. I'm dirty. I'm unclean. I'm unworthy. I'm a worm. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm not enough. God doesn't love me. I'm not good enough. Uh, you know, that's, that's condemnation. And so when you're in a place of condemnation, you're relying on your own self. And you're looking at your own shortcomings or failures, and the devil's there 
reminding you of all your shortcomings, failures, and your past, and everything else, and then puts you in a place of shame and guilt and sin consciousness. You become conscious of sin. Sin consciousness. That means you, 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 you know, that's why it drives me crazy when I hear Christians saying, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's contradictory to the word of God. Never say, I'm just a sinner. And then they tack onto it, saved by grace. To make it sound biblical. But it's a false doctrine. You are not a sinner. You were a sinner. That's your old nature. You've been justified. You've been made righteous. You've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. There's now no condemnation. So sin consciousness is going to bring you always in a place of condemnation. Where you're going to feel like you're not good enough. You're not loved. And... And you're going to feel, you know, unworthy, rejected, and, and the enemy is going to use that against you. So when those thoughts come, you have to take authority over them because it's not coming from God. Your heavenly father ne never condemns you. He's justified you. We conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law or apart from their own works. Okay? So this is very important to understand. We need to have a righteousness consciousness. So when we talk about faith, you're going to find that righteousness is like the twin brother or the, you know, of faith. They're like tied together. You cannot talk about and teach about faith unless you also talk about and teach about righteousness. Because it's the righteousness of God that empowers our faith. Because faith is a confidence. Right? And the Bible says if your heart condemns you, you have no confidence. So if you're under condemnation... You're not going to be operate, you're not going to have faith. You're not going to be able to walk by faith. You're going to, because you're going to feel guilty, you're going to feel shame, you're going to feel unworthy, you're going to feel weak, you're going to feel you're not good enough. All of those other things are going to come, and then it's going to keep you from having the confident assurance that God is with you, that He's going to bless you, and He's going to make a way for you, that every promise that He's given belongs to you. Because condemnation is going to cause you to doubt. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been there? When condemnation causes you to doubt. Doubt, doubt God's goodness. Doubt God, even your salvation, your own salvation. It's going to doubt, that, doubt healing. It's going to cause you to doubt provision. I don't know. It's going to, I'm really going through a hard time right now. And I just don't know if God's going to really get me through this, you know. And then the enemy say, oh, no, he's not going to, you're not going to be able to get through this one. Yeah, you got through the ones before, but not this one. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be there to accommodate that doubt and unbelief. And condemnation is going to empower unbelief. So just as much as righteousness is tied to faith, okay, Unbelief is tied to condemnation. Okay? Unbelief is tied to condemnation. Now, the problem in the church world is that religious spirit is a spirit of condemnation. Religion needs condemnation to, to survive and to thrive. Religion needs and uses condemnation to keep people bound up. Even the very word religion means to tie people up again. They can keep coming back. Exactly. Bind them up. So religion binds people through condemnation to keep them coming. Out of a guilty conscience. Out of, it's all fear motivated. Everything they do, they do out of fear. I know. I come from the worst kind of religion. The Islamic religion. Everything was done through condemnation, shame, guilt, and fear. Everything we did was out of condemnation, guilt, shame, and fear. No freedom whatsoever. No concept of mercy, grace. We didn't even know what that was. Had no revelation. No understanding of grace or mercy. We had to work, work, work. Trying to please a very angry God that was far away that you could never know. And you would never know. One day he might be on a good day and do something good. Next day he might be on a bad day and just, you know, break your neck or strike you down. I mean, fear, 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 fear. And, and Catholicism, really the same. Anybody comes from Catholicism, same thing. Or, or, or Pentecostal, 
Pentecostal, legalistic Pentecostal, same. A lot of legalism, guilt. You're not praying enough. You're not doing this. I mean, it's just always like you're not, you're not, you're not. You know, how about he's done enough, you know. And, and even all their prayers and everything is done out of this striving instead of a rest. If you're living out of this striving, then it's actually a religious spirit or a, a, you may not even realize it, but you're caught up in religion. You, everything needs to come out of a joy, out of a peace, and out of a rest. If you find yourself losing your peace and joy, that's a sign that you're coming under a religious spirit. When you are free, full of peace and joy, then that's a good sign that you're at rest. Because you're not striving in the flesh. Not by the works of the law. Not by striving. The law was all about striving in the flesh. There was no empowerment. The law did not bring any empowerment. The law only made demands on the people. It demanded righteousness. But it did not impart righteousness. The gospel, go back to Romans uh, 1, 16, 17. This is so powerful. What is the gospel, the good news? What is the good news? Bad news is you had to strive in the flesh. The law demanded righteousness that you could never accomplish and attain. So what did, what did the gospel do? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So you can see the gospel removes shame. Right? And then go to the next one. What does the gospel reveal? The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. The, the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. Just the law demanded the righteousness of, God, righteousness of God. The gospel reveals it. The gospel imparts it. Pull up for me Romans 5, 17. Okay, look at this. So those who receive the abundance of grace and of the what? The free gift of righteousness. So righteousness is gifted. See, the law demanded righteousness. The gospel gifted righteousness. That's the difference. And because the law demanded righteousness, it brought people into a place of condemnation. Because they were never good enough. Because if you had to obey the law, you had to obey every little tiny part of it. Okay? So lift your hands. Say, in Christ Jesus. Because I believed in the gospel. Because I received the gospel, I have received the abundance of grace, and I have received the free gift of righteousness. And by that, I will reign in this life. Hallelujah. Those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing. So that's what righteousness does. It puts you into a right standing. So righteousness is the ability to come to God Come boldly to the throne of grace without guilt, shame, boldly. Not crawling, looking that I'm just unworthy. No, you can come. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I have some needs. You said in your word, whatever I ask you in his name, you give it to me so that my joy is full. So, Lord, Father, I just bring you these needs. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you. You care for me. You love me. And I receive them. And I'm happy. Hallelujah. That's the prayer of faith. That's how you pray in faith, not begging God. Religion teaches you to beg God. Okay, putting them into right standing with themselves so that they will what? Reign as kings. That's dominion. Same dominion that God gave Adam, which was lost. So, so what happened when Adam fell? See, by one man's offense, his sin, Adam's sin. Talking about Adam. Death reigned. Condemnation reigned. Right? So when Adam fell, he did not lose a religion. So we don't need religion. When Adam fell, he lost dominion. What we need restored is dominion restored. That's the power. Life that's filled with power and authority. And boldness. And so righteousness gives us that boldness. Hallelujah. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Let the lions roar. I remember Arthur, remember the media director, that guy, man, that guy, he did a lion roar. It was unbelievable. It sounded like there was a lion. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about lions. So this pastor that I know, I actually been to his church, his, his uh, a conference of his, he ever doing a missions conference. This is in Dallas. One Sunday morning, just regular Sunday, place is packed, you know, a couple of thousand people in the church. And he gets up, he opens in prayer all of a sudden. 
a lion comes on the stage. Yeah, he, he had arranged with, with a lion tamer. That he bring, he, no, no, seriously, he brings a lion. The lion comes and he's the lion's walking around. And of course, you can imagine what happened to everybody. Everybody. So the lion goes, he walks around, checking everybody out, walks around, walks around, walks around, and, and then eventually the lion goes, <sighs> yawns and just flops on the, on the stage. And the lion tamer comes up and he goes, well, the lion came and looked around and saw no threat and just went to sleep. <laughs> there was no threat. And he just went to rest. What a lesson. I said, man, I would have loved to have been there. You could hear a pin drop, I'm sure, you know, but um, that's it. The righteous are as bold as a lion. There's no threat. They're at rest. We look around, no threat. Recession, whatever, no threat. COVID, no threat. No threat. Oh, I think I'll just sleep in the back of the boat like Jesus. <laughs> so righteousness is that boldness, that rest brings into a place of rest. Knowing that God's got this and all the promises, we have all these promises and, and they're going to be fulfilled. We are sure of it because we have faith. All right. I mean, Romans 3.28 and 5.1 all talk about the just, justified by faith. Let's do 5.1. Let's do Therefore, having been justified by faith, what happens? We have peace with God. So what does righteousness give us? Peace. Why? We're not afraid that he's, you know, after us, he's mad at us. He's going to strike us down if we make one bad move. We're not living in this. We're not walking on eggshells fearful and no we have peace we have peace with god we are in a place of peace you can sleep in the back of the boat just like that lion just went to sleep on the stage just go all right no threats i'm justified by faith uh galatians 2 16 knowing that man is justified not justified by the works of the lord but by faith in jesus christ so again what does justification or righteousness bring us? Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. So you can see there is no justification or righteousness by the flesh. Under the old covenant, all these people that want to go back to the law, uh, you want to go back to a, a weaker, lower covenant? Made in the flesh? No. We have a higher covenant, a better covenant. Why do you want to go back to the law? Crazy. Well, brother, you know, sometimes you got to bring the law a little bit to just keep people in line. If you just keep talking about grace and righteousness and peace and joy, they'll go crazy. No, actually, they'll, they'll, they'll walk in power and authority. They'll actually have faith. They won't struggle. So it's crazy that people say that. And then 3.11. So this is uh, Galatians 3.11. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. Again, the law does not justify you. The law demands righteousness but does not make you righteous. Because there was no empowerment under the law. No, they were not born again. They didn't have the divine nature. They weren't baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. They didn't have the gift of the Spirit. They didn't have... They didn't receive the abundance of grace. They didn't receive the free gift of righteousness. They were just in the flesh, given a whole set of rules to obey in the flesh, not to actually be able to do it, to actually show them that they can't do it. That's the entire purpose of the law, to show that you can't do it. You need Jesus. Amen? Amen. Say, I can't do it all. I need Jesus. When I have Jesus, I can do all things. That's it. So in the flesh, you can't do it. But when in Christ, you can do it. And then, yes, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Why faith? Well, because. For we walk by faith. Nope. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And then 
go ahead and give the amplified also because that's some good thing. We walk by faith. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by, convic by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk. Trust. Faith is trust. We trust God. We don't trust in our ability. We trust in Him. If we trust in our ability, we're in the flesh. Right? With trust and holy fervor, thus we walk by, not by sight, but or appearance. Okay? So why faith? Because we walk by faith. I walk by faith. Each step by faith. To live by faith. I put my trust in you. That's a song from the 90s. Every step I take is a step of faith. If my God is for me, who can be against me? You know, okay. Pull it up. I can't really sing it, but, you know, pull it up on. Well, actually, it's on the Revival Down Under, Revival Down Under CD on Rodney Howard Brown, Spotify. Joe Cruz leading the worship back in, that was in, recorded in Australia. So, so um, yeah, that's actually a song that came out of Australia. I Walk By Faith. Okay. That's from the 90s, yeah. <laughs> Romans 9.30. Romans chapter 9, verse 30. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not follow after righteousness, they didn't have the law, who did not seek salvation by right relationship to God, have attained it by faith, a righteousness, see, imputed by God, based on and produced by faith. Wow. A righteousness based on and produced by faith. So why faith? Because faith produces righteousness. So you can see Gentiles, non-Jews, who, who didn't have the law, were able to attain righteousness by faith. And it was imputed to them, gifted to them. Amen? Say this after me. Righteousness has been gifted to me by God, based on and produced by faith. Now, what faith in what? Faith in the gospel. Faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. Romans 14, 23. But he who doubts is condemned. See, doubt and condemnation go together. See that? He who doubts is condemned. Right? He who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not, a, is not from faith is sin. So... That which is not of faith is going to be sin. So doubt is sin. Unbelief is sin. Fear is sin. Worry is sin. <gasps> the greatest unrepented, unrepentant sin in the church is probably worry. <laughs> Think about that. Every time you worry, you're committing sin. Because Jesus said, do not worry, and now you're worrying. You're worrying about how you're going to pay your bills. You're, going to, you're worrying about how you're going to eat. What, what's the problem? You're worrying. Jesus said, don't worry about what you will eat, drink, wear. Your father knows you have need of these things. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. What does that mean? See, well, okay, what is seeking righteousness? Walking by faith. Remember, righteousness and faith are tied together. Doubt and condemnation are tied together. Doubt leads to condemnation. It's, and, and condemnation leads to more doubt. That's why people that are in condemnation, it's like a vicious cycle that they can never get out of. It needs to be broken. All right? So say this after me. I will not doubt and be condemned. Amen. Okay. Ephesians 2.8. Ephesians 2.8. Okay, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So two things involved in your salvation. By grace, where did that come from? God, that's the gospel. But it's through faith. So God brings the grace, we bring the faith. That's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. So grace is the gift of God. He gifted us, and by faith we received it. So faith... We have to have faith to receive God's grace. Not just for salvation, in every area of your life. Okay? So, did you earn your salvation? 
No, it was gifted to you. Did you earn your healing? No, it's gifted to you. So how can you earn a living? I got to go to work. I got to earn a living. Oh, really? That's like you trying to earn your salvation through works. When Jesus said, don't worry about your provision. I got a bigger plan for you. Serve me and watch what I'll do for you. Let me work. You get in faith and rest. Let me work for you. And again, okay. I'm not talking about sitting at home being lazy. That's not what we're talking about either. Bible also says if you don't work, you don't eat. But what I'm, it's how you work. You're not working and striving and and worn out and burnt out. You know. Why do people get burned out in church? Because they're, not, they're working in the flesh, not in the anointing. Why do preachers get burnt out? Because they're doing it in the flesh. If you're doing it in the anointing, you won't get burnt out. Amen. It has nothing to do with how many hours. I mean, all that stuff. Yeah. And think about, I mean, the key word, burnout. What is that? Lack of fire. They had no fire to begin with. Or they had it at one time, and they lost it. They didn't keep the fire burning, you know. Burnout. Hallelujah. Say, there's no burnout in my life. I receive fresh fire from the Holy Ghost every day. Every morning you wake up, just say, Lord, just send fresh fire on me. I receive fresh fire. Send it on down, Lord. Send it on down. Let the Holy Ghost come on down. <laughs> get under the spout where the glory comes out. Get filled up and, and live out of the overflow. Not out of the, the, the weakness of the flesh, but out of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's the key, guys. Amen. Hallelujah. First John 5 and 4. First John. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So why faith? Because only by faith we can overcome the world. If you're in doubt, unbelief, and fear, the world will overcome you. Look at what happened to people with all the, during the pandemic. They were overcome by the world because they, came, they went into doubt, unbelief, and fear. They believed the lies, they were deceived, they got into fear, and the world dominated them. Closed their churches down, did this, did that, whatever else they were doing. By the way, today, CDC said quarantine and six feet apart no longer needed for COVID. <laughs> no, they came out. They, 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 CDC put out their whole new update on COVID. They said... No need to quarantine anymore. It's just a simple flu. And don't, no need to, have six, to be six feet apart anymore. CDC updated their whole COVID pandemic guidelines. Whatever. Okay? CDC. Yeah, they, some churches worship CDC. They were singing a song. I worship you, OCDC. There is none like you. It's true. True. So, how are we going to overcome? How are we going to dominate? How are we going to reign? In life by faith and the righteousness empowers our faith say this again righteousness and faith are tied together doubt and condemnation are are tied together right so doubt unbelief fear all three are like the triplets from hell okay and the final question or final answer to why we need faith Hebrews 6 12 that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. 
all of God's promises are yes and amen. <laughs> all of God, but all of God, all of God's promises are received through faith and patience. Another word that's tied to faith is patience. Bible says the testing of our faith produces patience and endurance. So patience is needed. That's, that's waiting on the Lord. Waiting for his timing. Waiting for the manifestation. Knowing that you have the promise. It's fulfilled. It's done. It just hasn't manifested yet. There's some things that need to manifest immediately. Other things, you know, will manifest when the time comes, you know. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, you should believe for healing to manifest right away. Amen. You know, but, I mean, don't. But your husband or your wife that you're believing out for may not manifest right away. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive my husband, and boom, he's not going to just fall on top of you. <laughs> Father, I receive my wife right now, and she's a boom. A, a woman just falls in your lap. It doesn't happen. I did have two rolled into each other in a meeting. And they ended up getting married, but that's rarely in a, in a revival. I mean, the guy rolled this way, the, the lady rolled this way. They smacked into each other, and I looked at them, and I said, they're going to get married, and they got married. But that's, that's very rare. That's not how you pick a wife or a husband. One of our friends, uh, 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 LaShawn, uh, she was in Bible school with us. They, they pastor uh, River Church up in, uh, is, it, what, is it Montana or South, no, South Dakota? I think they're, they're up in South Dakota. I'm in Florida. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine being in South Dakota? Or is it North Dakota? One of the Dakotas. Um, so um, her uh, husband's name is Will. And she used to um, uh, work for Pastor Adonica to help her take care of the kids. And she was believing God for a husband. And then um, <laughs> she was in a meeting. And this guy, Will was a worship leader from Alabama. He was in the meeting. And then Pastor Rodney, he goes, um, and he says, What's, uh, he looks at her and he goes, the will of God is, is coming to you. And he turns and looks at this guy and says, and he looks and he goes, what's your name? He goes, Will. <laughs> and he goes, that's the will of God. I kid you not. He had him upstairs in his office after the service and they're married today with kids pastoring together. It's pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> sometimes i know too i look at people and i i know I, I, it's happened to me and pastor rose and i mean as a pastor you you kind of see it i look at people oh, okay and the, and then i look at others go no anyways okay no will in here no will of god <laughs> The will of God <laughs> was, okay, anyways, mixing some, some Holy Ghost humor. Okay, so let's, look, let's get to this now. So we answered the question, why we need faith. I think that's clear. I think it's, if you get one thing, it's so important for you to understand. Righteousness and faith are tied together. That's so important for you, important for you to understand. Doubt, unbelief, fear is going to bring you into condemnation. Condemnation weakens your faith. Condemnation weakens your walk. Condemnation weakens your confidence. And you won't be able to receive from God. You won't be able to walk in boldness. You won't be able to receive your healing or provision or anything. You know. I mean, like, I mean, we're dealing with a lady. I mean, she called again today. I don't know what more to do with her. She believes that God is angry with her, that he's not going to heal her. I mean, how do I get this lady to receive healing? No, God's just mad at me. He's not going to heal me. You know, and, 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 and that's, we, we, we're trying so hard to break that off of her. Come to healing school, come twice, three times by now. Can, can, can't get it because she just chooses to believe. She's living under condemnation that she failed God. And so God's not going to heal her. And so you can see how she's in bondage because of that condemnation. She can't receive her healing. And we can't talk her into it. I mean, she has to at some point reject this lie that she has believed and it's like you cannot convince her that no 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 god's rejected me he's i failed him he's not going to heal me 
That's a lie from the pit of hell. And she's suffering terribly. Terribly. You called again today. I, I don't know what more to do. I need counseling, she said. Well, counsel you for what? For the, for the umpteenth time, i got to tell you, you believe in a lie. No, I don't. Okay, then we're done. Counseling session over. There's no more counseling I can do because you, you're fighting the truth. Crazy. All right. Um, so let's look at some important principles of faith. How, you know, about, about, so we talked about we need to have faith. We need to walk by faith. Okay, so what does that mean? So, and we talked about having faith. So how do you have faith? How do you get faith? Romans 10, 17. Okay, how do you get faith? How do you have faith? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. Not hearing CNN. Hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing the word of God. So how do you get faith? You have to hear the word. Now it's one thing to hear the word. It's another thing to hear the word. There's some people that sit. They listen but they don't hear. It goes in one ear, goes out the other, right? It's like the lady that I'm, I'm trying to tell you, you know, same thing. She, she just won't hear it. Or she hears it, but she doesn't hear it. So you have to hear it. Part of hearing means you receive it. You believe it. I hear it. I hear the word. I receive the word and I'm hearing. That's my word. Amen? Whenever, I mean, you know, whenever we... Whenever, whenever there's a word, you just need to grab it. That's my word. Listen, if, even if somebody else is getting prophesied over, that's my word. Take it. And I mean, I, I want to hear it in the church. That's my word. I want, I want like everybody to go berserk. That's my word. I mean, just grab it like aggressively, like, like just take it. You know, like jump on it quick, immediately. Just tackle that word and grab a hold of it and just take it. Make it your own. When you see a promise in the Bible, that's my promise. That's my word. I hear it. I receive it. It's mine. Amen. All right. So um, faith comes by hearing. So you got to hear the word. How do you hear the word? Tonight you're hearing the word preaching, teaching. Okay. Another way to hear the word is read the word to yourself. Listen to the word. You can play the word on, you know, different apps or whatever. Put the Bible on. Healing scriptures, you know, you'll find that, you know, different scriptures on different promises. You got to hear the word. You have to hear the word. I, I recorded my own voice. Um, I recorded my own voice reading scriptures and play them in my car. So it's my voice speaking to me. Who's the greatest voice of faith in your life? You are. Say, I am. See. I can say it, but when you say it, it's different. Why? Because now you've you made it your own. You've taken possession of it. You've taken ownership of it, right? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you need to be hearing the word of God. You need to be hearing the word of God. How do you go from faith to faith? The more word you hear, the more faith you're going to have, you're going to receive. So saturate your life with the word. Saturate. Immerse yourself in the word, reading it, speaking it, confessing it. Read it out loud so you can hear it. Take scriptures and confess them. Take promises and speak them out every day. Make declarations, the power of the decree. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Speak out, speak out the word of life. Jesus said, the words I've spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. When you speak God's word, you speak, you're releasing life. You're saturating. You're releasing life, prosperity, blessing, increase into your life. Blessing is going to overtake the more word you speak. So don't speak things that are not, I mean, be, be, be slow to speak. When you, you're, when you catch yourself about to say something dumb, something negative, something that doesn't line up with Scripture, you know, people want to talk about Job, what happened to Job. After like 40 chapters of him talking rubbish, God pulls up in a whirlwind and rebukes him. And Job goes, I better shut up because he was talking rubbish. So when you're talking rubbish, you just need to rebuke yourself <laughs> and tell yourself, shut up. Look at yourself in the mirror. Shut up now, you. 
You've been talking rubbish. It's time for you to shut up. Because you don't want to speak death. You don't want to release that. You don't want to release that because that's doubt, unbelief, condemnation. It's all that, you know, that's, that's going to move you off course. And that's going to hinder your life. So you've got to speak the word. You've got to speak life. You've got to speak blessing. Okay? Release the power of the word in your life. Speak it. Husbands and wives, get together, confess scriptures together. Pray scriptures. Personalize scriptures. Amen? Prayers that Paul prayed. Take those and put your name in there and personalize them and, and, and pray them out, you know? Amen. Father of glory, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give Corey a spirit of wisdom. and Give Aaron a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of the Father. You know, personalize it. Read those, pray those prayers. Pray the scripture. Okay? Galatians 5, 6, another operation of faith. So one of the principles of faith is hearing. Say hearing. Okay, so one of the important principles is hearing. The next one, Galatians 5, 6, faith working through love. The other one is love. Hearing and working through love. Okay, faith working through love. Faith works by love. So love. Love is another principle of faith. Hearing and then love. The love walk. The faith walk and the love walk are tied together. You can't walk by faith if you don't walk in love. That's why Jesus warns about offense. Same place where he talks about have faith in God, speaking to the mountain. Right after that he says make sure that when you stand to pray or decree the prayer of faith, you forgive. Because if there's unforgiveness and offense in your heart, your faith won't work because you're not in love. If you're not walking in love, you can't walk by faith. So you have to walk in forgiveness. I mean, you've got you've to be radical in, in forgiving. Quick and radical. I mean, you've got to attack unforgiveness like you would attack cancer. Do you, do you like cancer? Would you like some cancer? No. Then you should not tolerate any unforgiveness because it's cancer. It'll destroy your life. It'll, it'll bitterness. People, that's why people get cancer. Bitterness and on offense and, and other sickness and disease. Not the only reason, but one, you know, unforgiveness and bitterness makes people sick and also opens the door to the enemy. So you've got to root out all bitterness. The root of bitterness has to be rooted out because Hebrews calls it a root of bitterness. You've got to root out, yank it out by the roots, not just the fruit of bitterness, but the roots. You've got to root it out. You cannot tolerate any unforgiveness in your life ever. You have to walk in love because faith receives grace but if you're not giving grace which is forgiving then how can you receive more grace so you've got to make sure that you keep your heart right you walk in love you know supernatural love unconditional love and um love god and love your neighbor as you lo love yourself and you got to love yourself too so that means you got to forgive yourself some of you all are offended with your own self you look at the mirror and go, I'm offended with you. I hate you. Some people are fighting themselves. There's a fight going on inside. Seriously. So you got to forgive yourself. Right now, lift your hands. Come on, forgive yourself. <laughs> Come on, just say, I forgive myself. I love myself. <laughs> I love myself it's true love your neighbor as you love yourself Bible tells you to love yourself say I love myself it's not wrong to say that you can love yourself you should love yourself love I love my nose come on I love my ears People hate themselves. They hate their body parts. They hate this. They're trying to change everything. Botox and them. They're all starting to look the same. Big they all look like they're all morphing into the same person. Have you noticed that? <laughs> so I love myself. Jesus said, that's the, they said, what's the greatest commandment? Love God, love 
your neighbor as you love yourself. So loving yourself is a commandment. Loving your neighbor is a commandment. Loving God is a commandment. So all your relationships, including the one with your own self, <laughs> you need to love yourself. Because that's the problem. That's why people cut themselves and hurt themselves because they hate themselves. They're bitter and they're broken. I mean, it's, it's terrible, obviously, you know, but you need to love yourself. It's okay. All right? Because faith works through love or by love. So love is going to be very important in, in, in operation of faith. Hearing, walking in love. And then this next one is good. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith. Not yesterday faith. Not tomorrow faith. Not 10 years from now faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is always in the now. Faith is always now. Faith believes now, not later. Well, I'll believe later. I'm hoping and praying. Someday, somehow. It's never going to happen. I believe now and I receive now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you that I have it. It's mine. I thank you, Father. That's how faith speaks. Okay? So, one of the operations of faith is it's always going to be now. Don't delay it. Delayed obedience is disobedience. When God speaks, you got to do it now. Well, let me wait and get in faith. No, you get in faith now. Believe the word now. Do it now. Have faith now. Another thing about faith, another operation of faith. Let's go to uh, Romans 10, 9 through 10. I've got three more scriptures and we're going to, or two more scriptures. Well, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes. So put your hand over your heart. Say, with my heart, I believe unto righteousness. See? See righteousness? How it's tied? Faith, believing, righteousness tied together. With the mouth, with my mouth, I confess unto salvation. So, so the operation of faith requires belief and confession. Belief and confession. Faith requires belief in your heart, not in your head. Some people just have head mental assent. It's got to get down in, into your heart. That's what it means to receive, to hear. Say, I believe, and then I confess. So faith requires believing with the heart, confessing with the mouth. Confession is made. So that's why confessing scriptures, confessing promises is so, is so vital, right? When you have, you know, when, when you're dealing with a symptom, I reject this symptom in the name of Jesus. This is a lying symptom. This is a, this symptom, you foul disease, you're trespassing in God's territory. You're a thief. I reject you. I cast you out. You foul spirit of infirmity. I I break this, in, you know, every one of the, I rebuke them. Be thou removed from my body right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you. You are my healer. By your stripes, I was healed. And I'm healed from the top of my head down to the soles of my feet. That's confession. You've got to be confessing. Believing and confessing. Believing and confessing. All right? If you just believe but don't confess, it's not going to work. There's a lot of people who believe but they never confess. And they say, well, I believe. But then when I listen to them, they don't talk like they believe your, your heart and your mouth must match and actually if you go back to the verse before uh, 8 which it's fine it says so what does it what does it say then the word of God is near you it's in your heart and it's in your mouth this is the word of faith which we preach heart and mind believing with the heart confessing with the with the mouth that is how faith operates so say this after me. My faith requires me to believe with my heart and to confess it with my mouth. Right. So that's how you operate in faith. So that's the operation. So operation of faith, hearing. Operation of faith, love. Operation of faith is always now. Okay. Operation of faith is believing and speaking. Okay. And then the final operation of faith, James 2.22. I mean 2.20. Uh, but do you want to know, O foolish man, what, 
Are you willing to be shown proof, you foolish, unproductive, spiritually deficient fellow? Wow, that's pretty, oh my God. <laughs> smack, smack, smack. <laughs> that faith apart from works is in a, in a, in a, inactive, and ineffective, and worthless. So faith without works, action. Not talking about works of the law. We already know that. It's not talking about works of the law. You foolish, <laughs> unproductive, and spiritually de deficient fellow. <laughs> you want to rebuke somebody. You foolish, unproductive, spiritually deficient child. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> it's the amplified. If it comes across a little loud, it's because it's amplified. <laughs> All right. Faith apart from works is inactive, ineffective, and worthless. <laughs> go, go, back to, go back to King James. Go back to King James. Faith, faith without works is dead. Oh, foolish man, that faith without works is dead. So what, what makes someone foolish? Thinking that they believe, but there's no action. They're fooling themselves, right? So don't, don't be foolish thinking that, you know, uh -uh, well, I believe. But, you know, your words and your action needs to match what you believe. So faith without works is, with action, is inactive, ineffective, and worthless. So, because faith works by love, so it, but faith works by love, but faith works. So there is always action involved with faith. There's always action involved with faith. So... Don't tell me you have faith, but there's no action. Okay, so you have, you know, you have to see action. And, and obviously, we can't, I, I don't know what's in your heart, but I can see your actions. Your actions speak louder than words, right? So, same thing. Let your actions speak. Let your action prove your faith. The Bible is full of people who acted and proved their faith. When God spoke to Abraham, the Bible says he woke up early in the morning, rose up, as the sun was going up, and then he rose up and he went. So, I mean, think about his promptness. He didn't wait around. He didn't sit around being a foolish, unproductive, spiritually <laughs> deficient, lethargic, lazy person. He got up early in the morning. He actually said he got up before the sun went, rose up, and he, he got on his way going where God told him to go. So think about that. And the and Bible calls that faith, the faith of Abraham. That's our example. And Abraham believed God, and that was accounted to him as righteousness. But how did he believe God? He showed by his action. Okay. And I don't have a scripture for this because there's so many I could give. But the final operation of faith I want to talk about tonight, besides action, is faith always needs a point of contact. Faith always needs a point of contact. Now, sometimes that action is the point of contact. Jesus said to the... Uh, uh, the man put mud on his eyes, spit, made mud, go wash. And as the man went and washed, he received a sight, needed a point of contact. Action, point of contact. Laying out of hands is a point of contact. You know, touching the hem of his garment, the woman with the issue of blood. But think about it. You can see the entire operation of faith. She heard about Jesus. She got up. She went. And then she was saying to herself, if I will just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. But she didn't just say that. She actually went and did it also. She finally went and touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. So you can see the full operation of faith there. Hearing, act, believing, action, speaking, and the point of contact. So faith is always, that's why, you know, giving, finances, it's a point of contact. Um, laying on of hands for healing. It's a point of contact. That's where you release your faith. And the person releases their faith to receive. So um, going into you know, water baptism. That's why we tell people that water is a point of contact for you to receive. So faith requires a point of contact. Okay? Go see the priest, Jesus told the lepers. On the way to see the priest, they were cleansed from leprosy. So that was a point of contact. As they're going in that direction, they make contact. They, they put into action the word of the Lord. Go borrow empty vessels and pour, start pouring from that jar of oil. Every jar was filled. Make a bread first. Bring me something to eat first. 
Elijah said to the woman, so these all require point of contact. The prophet went and laid over the, uh, the dead boy and, breathe, and, and you know, breathed it into him. Point of contact. Looks ridiculous, right? What? What is he doing? Point of contact. Releasing faith. So, and then obviously, you know, faith is voice operated, action operated, and contact operated. All right? So Alexa and Siri are not the only ones voice operated. Faith is voice operated. You have to speak. You have to speak faith. You have to believe. You have to speak. You have to act. And faith is going to require a point of contact. Amen. So sometimes, you know, the anointing comes and say, if you want, if you want God to touch you, run up here quickly. And then people run up. That's a point of contact. They receive. And then service is over. Like two hours later, somebody comes up to me. Well, I probably should have gone up there, but I didn't. Can you pray for me now? Actually, I can't because... That was then. Now. Now faith. You missed your opportunity. I mean, I'll pray for you, but it's not going to be the same. It really, it, what do you mean? Because you don't understand how faith operates. When people say that to me, they don't understand how faith operates. They think that it's me doing it. I, I'm not making it happen. The anointing came. There was a word, and you had to act on the word now. And, they, and there was a point of contact when I laid hands on people, and they received and you sat in your seat. Now you're trying to get me, make me produce that, reproduce that, and I can't. So that's why, boom, you got to jump in there and grab a hold of things. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.